episode for four. four. Yeah, this one's called Big Hitters. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been calling it Heavy Hitters on my um on my paper. So this week, um, I guess I'll I'll give them a warning now. This week we are both doing stories that require two parts. So our stories are split in two. Um, well, yeah. So I'll be doing the Yeti origins. And Jack will be telling us about a guy named Hercules. <gasps> Heard of him? Yeah. Well, so away we go. <laughs> yeah. So um, Hercules, it's it's a Roman name. So throughout this, like throughout the whole thing, if I'm saying Heracles, that's just the Greek name. It's the same dude, but so it was originally Heracles, and then. Uh, he's now known as Hercules since the Disney movie slash the Romans. <laughs> like all good Greek stories about a hero, starts off with Zeus. Um, same thing with Perseus. Zeus is just um, um, messing around is probably uh, one way to put it, but essentially he saw that the, the world had um, just a lot of chaotic things going on and he needed... Uh, the next king of Mycenae, which was the city that Perseus founded like a few generations before, um, he needed there to be a strong king to sort of bring bring order to the world. And the current um, Mycenaean king had a daughter named Alcmene, who Zeus thought, okay, she would be a great uh, you know, mother to this to this king. So Alcmene is. Um, She's about to marry this guy named named Amphitryon, and Amphitryon. Amphitryon, wild name. Pretty sure they say that in Hercules, which is why I'm thinking Ooh. there's a character that goes Amphitryon or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of names in this story, so at any time, just tell me to like wait. Who is that again? <laughs> what? How do they? How do they come into play? Uh, that'd be um, very helpful. I know that there are weird sounds on the audio because there's this weird rumbling. It's June sitting near the computer purring. She doesn't mm-hmm. like to not be in the same room. We have a cat. And, um, and so if there's a computer in between us, she needs to be sitting on top of the computer. Uh, so she's very close to the computer every time we record. I apologize for the weird rumbly. Yeah. Rumbly tumbly that you hear in the background of every episode. So what we're saying is that eventually we'll get her her own mic. Yes. <laughs> Have one of those like Britney Spears headsets. Yes. <laughs> you want a mic? <laughs> so Amphitryon is about to get married to Alcmena, but she says to him, "I'm not going to marry you until you avenge the deaths of my brothers. Her brothers died in combat." So Amphitryon, he's off at war, killing, killing, killing. Mm-hmm. And just before his schedule come back, that's when Zeus says, okay, this is my opportunity. So he goes down to Earth. No golden showers this time. <gasps> Shout out Perseus' mom. Um, he goes and he takes the form of Amphitryon. And he goes in and says, like, oh, like, honey, I'm home. <gasps> and tells her about, like, how well the, the battles went. And then they do the deed. And then... Zeus kind of just, I try to tap my, try to tap my fingers. 
zaps away. And um, then Amphitryon also comes back like just later that night and is like, honey, I'm home. And Alchemina is like, this is kind of confusing because I just saw you, but I guess you're, um, I don't know, maybe your head got a little bit scrambled from all this fighting and you're just really happy to see me again. So then they sleep together. And, um, you know, what a, a weird way to start. <laughs> She's like, okay, weirdo. And that's how um, Alchemina becomes pregnant with, uh, with twins. So Her- Hercules has a twin brother. Um, so it's... it's- so she has, she has, she's pregnant with twins, and one of them is Zeus's, and one of them is her husband's. I'm assuming. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, so. Which is wild, but it can happen apparently. Definitely fraternal twins, <laughs> and um, ex- especially considering the traits of each of them when they come out. One is just like a dude, and one's like a demigod. <laughs> um. And so then Hera sees this and like she's insanely pissed that Zeus has once again gone down and just fathered more more illegitimate children. So she says, um, hey, hey, Zeus, honey, um, you mentioned like how um, the, you know, the world is full of chaos and they, they need a strong like king. So you should make the next born descendant of Perseus. Um, make make him the king, you know, like the next born, like grandson or great grandson. Perseus, like our 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 main boy, Perseus. Yes. Okay. So he founded, founded the city of Mycenae. Mycenae. So it, so that okay. happens before, like Medusa's already dead. Yeah. Spoiler, it's not a spoiler because it's previous episode. So Medusa's already dead. Um, the uh, and yeah, Perseus's you know dad has already been got, and Perseus has also passed away. Mm-hmm. So Zeus says that's a great idea and um, kind of like makes this announcement and says, okay, the next born like male descendant of Perseus will be, will be the king of Mycenae and, you know, bring order to the world. And then Hera, she goes with her daughter, um, Eletheia. She is the goddess of childbirth and midwifery. And they go down to Alchemina, and they, and this is like, I'm pretty sure this isn't a real thing, but they like, they go to Alchemina, they're okay, you gotta like sit cross-legged, and they like tie a bunch of like clothing around her tightly to like slow down her pregnancy. This is an old story. And then... But you're pretty sure that's not a thing? (laughs) Or... (laughs) I have never heard something like, hey, if, if, if you just like tie someone up the baby will come like they'll just like the baby will stop growing and like slow down that's that's well a good hunch not a thing yeah b b it really is <laughs> it really makes you think like like all the women who wear like athleisure like the spandexy stuff just like all the time i'm like what Lula. if you're pregnant <laughs> the, 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 it's comfy it's comfy <laughs> but like you know i just it's they're wearing spandex, so does that slow down their? Do, I hope nobody thinks that that oh. slows down their pregnancy. That's what I thought of. I thought of an, a modern day woman being like, "Let me wear Lululemon <laughs> to slow down my pregnancies." It'd be like the new worst ever TikTok street interview. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know <laughs> that what you're wearing? Like no, <laughs> PSA, not true. 
God mm-hmm. is not, your pregnancy will, will not uh, reduce in uh, speed. <laughs> yes. Or increase in speed. And it just is how long it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So after Hera and Alithia had slowed down the pregnancy of Alcmene, they went to Alcmene's aunt, Nisiphi, and they sped up Nisiphi's pregnancy. So then Nisiphi's son, Aristius, was born before Hercules, making him the, the next king of Mycenae per Zeus's promise. Got it. And then that Zeus goes wild. down. I've never, I've literally never heard that, like that this part of the tale of Hercules. Like I just, I'm so shocked that this is like, why did his brother oh, yeah. twin like ne- Why do we never yeah, the, hear about? And it's him? like they slowed down a pregnancy. I'm like, that's messed up. What? And then like, <laughs> next thing is like they sped up a pregnancy. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what is that? It's like an F1 race. <laughs> <laughs> I've just like literally never heard that in any tale, ever. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm. Learning new information yeah. very quickly. The heavy hitters, not only in uh, renown, but also... Context. <laughs> Curveballs. <laughs> oh my. Okay, alright, let me just um, wrap my head around that. Good. So now, Zeus realizes what Hera's done. He's kind of pissed. So he, t- he goes down and grabs the baby, Heracles, and brings him up to um, Olympus, brings him up to the heavens. Mm-hmm. And um, while Hera's sleeping, has the baby latch onto her and drink her breast milk. And so that's how, like, the, the baby's getting a lot of just, um, getting a lot of powers, um, especially from a goddess. Well, the, the queen of the gods. And then Hera wakes up, not too pleased. It's <laughs> uh, like, yo, you, you just brought your bastard child. And, like, while I'm sleeping, brought him into my room and have him, like, latch onto me. So then she throws him off. And then... Off of what? Of her. Okay. Like, off of a cloud? Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> throws it off of her. And the... Um, and, like, the milk that was, like, a... Just, like, a mess in the room went into the sky and became the Milky Way. What? Mm-hmm. Hera, girl, goals for hey. breast milk. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're making us all look bad, girl. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so yeah. cool. What a wild, like, origin story of the Milky Way. And a cool thing about this myth is that th- there's a handful of constellations that have their, um, you know, that have their origins in this story. But to have, like, the Milky Way, like, it's not even a constellation, it's, like, the galaxy. That's, that's, yeah, like, that's, wow. Yeah, so that's why we, we you know, we still call it that to this, to this day. And, um, that's why they call it Milky. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't think about that too much. <laughs> yeah, at, at least, um, at least in the city you can't see stars. So, we'll be able to think about that. Um, <laughs> and... So then, th- th- this is now like a tit-for-tat, husband-wife, Zeus and Hera. So then... Y'all need a divorce and therapy. That's what y'all need. Mm-hmm. So then, the, um... A couple, a couple months later, um, you know, they're, they're still the baby twins. One is awesome. 
<laughs> and the other's just a dude. <laughs> the other guy's just there. Oh. And um, also, the, the his twin's name is Iphicles. He's not going to come up much, like, like he's not going to come up again in the story, so feel free to forget that, but his name's Iphicles, in case it's ever on Jeopardy or something. <laughs> um, so we, we've mentioned yeah. three, well, yeah, there are three babies in the picture. Two are from Alchemina, and one is the cousin. The cousin is now going to become king. Who's the king? Got it. Mm-hmm. I... Okay. I think I got stuck on the uh, hold speed up, slow down situation. I couldn't think fast. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's like what my brain was doing when I was thinking speed up like that. <laughs> so then, um, Hera, when, you know, um, she sends snakes down to the crib of the twins. So Heracles and his, and his twin brother. I thought MTV crib. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Actual baby crib. <laughs> Excuse me. Hera thought that the snakes would kill baby Hercules, and they didn't. So, Hercules' twin was like, ah! Because he's a baby. That's how I imagine baby scream. <laughs> and then, and then Hercules um, just chokes out the, the two snakes. It's two snakes, so he's just like playing with them. He's like, Meh. he chokes out my snakes, a symbolism of rebirth and fertility and growth mm-hmm. and guardianship. What? He kills them dead. <gasps> and then, so, and I know in the Disney movie, Hades sends them. Hades does, yes. Send the snakes to the crib, but it's actually Hera. I say actually, like it's just not also a story. And then Zeus, um, he, he's like, damn, Hera's. Real pissed. She's upset. Why? Um, but he he, <laughs> Can't he, imagine. he he tries to um, to placate her by renaming the baby to Heracles, which means after all these months. Yes, I haven't said it yet because I knew that it would confuse us. Uh, it wasn't born Heracles. Mm-hmm. It was born Alcides. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that name again because it'll just be confusing, but. The, the baby was then, wow. so it was a couple months old, Hera tried to kill it, and then um, Zeus had it renamed to Heracles, which means glory of Hera. Well, Disney really tells us nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, um, and it doesn't work. Oh. Hera is so, like, so... He's so, like, ew, get my name off of that baby. <laughs> it, she's so, like, so vengeful against, um, now Heracles, because... He, he he represents her husband's mistrust and um, just going around and screwing any, anything he wants, mm-hmm. and um, so kind of Heracles is um he's like fated to uh, just suffer the uh, the malice of the queen of the gods. Mm-hmm. So cue suffering. <laughs> uh, um, so when 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 he's a baby. Um, he is um, he's trained in warfare and archery by by the famous centaur Chiron, um, and he is like he's learning all these things and, and they see like okay he is extremely strong for a little kid. He also has quite a temper, and he uh, he has a he has a music teacher named Linus, and Linus is uh, just gives Heracles some feedback. That's so corporate. Gives him some Gives feedback. Gives him some feedback. Um, <laughs> tells him like, "Hey, you're doing it wrong. Do it better." 
Um, Heracles gets so so pissed and smashes his head against the boulder, <gasps> and ki kills his kills his music teacher. Hercules, um, and, you are grounded. And well, and since he was like the like a prince, no punishment. Oh no! Oh mm -hmm. no! My opinion is gonna be so low by the end of this this day. Oh no! 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 Oh. No, no! 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 I'm never gonna look at the Disney movie the same. <laughs> and we got we got two parts. I'm so upset. So, then Hercules' foster father Amphitryon, Amphitryon mm -hmm. is My guy. <laughs> is killed in battle. So, um, that's who it is. The guy. The guy in the. <laughs> The guy that has like the pottery. I you've never seen. First of all, Jack has never seen any movie ever known to man. It's embarrassing and sad, and, <laughs> and he's like, I do better things like read, and I'm like, shh, with your smarts, be quiet over there. But anyway, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> he's just too smart. He doesn't have time to watch silly movies, and I'm like, want to watch a Disney princess movie? It's like, no, I, I, I don't. I once got in trouble as a kid for pretending to read. <laughs> I love that story. Sorry for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but of the boy, the man who owns the pot shop, the pot, I don't know, not the pot shop, the pottery, <laughs> before pottery, pottery barn. barn. <laughs> the barn of pottery. The barn of pottery. <laughs> is upset because Hercules knocks over the, I don't know, building thing mm -hmm. and breaks his store and he comes out with a pot on his head and he pulls it off and he goes Amphitryon and that's why I know the name <laughs> okay. oh. anyway, anyway that's that story I was you, I, oh, I knew I'd get it I knew I'd remember that's sweet who is Hercules is mortal father in the, uh, yeah. In the yeah so and so Amphitryon dies in battle so then Her Her Heracles who is, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's the prince of the, of the kingdom, mm -hmm. and he is given charge, he, he is put in charge of the army hmm. in order to go avenge his father. Um, there's a lot of like, hey, go to war, oh, you, someone died in war, okay, so you have to go to war too to avenge the person who died in war, and, you know, if, uh, cycle. If everybody... Talk about generational trauma. Yeah. I was like, if everybody avenged everybody who died in war, there'd be no people on planet Earth. Yes. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> so, and then he, he's about to go to war, and then Athena comes and says, you know, I'm going to help you out. Here's a bunch of um, shiny armor, shiny swords, and go go lead this uh, go lead this army and go win. Because your destiny is... <laughs> go uh, win. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, is awesome. So, yeah, also blue. Maybe the wrong word. And so he comes back, and then um, the the king of Thebes, which is like, you know, is like one of the cities. Not like My, uh, um, Mycenae, which is like the main, like, capital. Mm -hmm. Like, the king of this, like, smaller city says, thank you so much, marry my daughter. And that's how he ma marries Megara. And they, like, they're, like, super happy. Um, okay. Yeah, they're. I was like, oh no. <laughs> they're yeah, they're a great match. They have a couple kids. Aww. And um, love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Drink to that. And then Hera is like, no. Why are you happy, you son of a? Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
So Hera uh, blinds him with madness, <gasps> and he's, he's like coming home. He sees his door open. He's like, "Damn, what's going on?" So he goes in, and like oh, he, no. he sees these like monsters start like crawling oh. towards him. You told me this a long time ago, like before podcast. That oh no, yep, keep going. You're talking about Hercules. Oh, conversations we asked. <laughs> Casual. Casual. So goes into his home. He's like, "What is going on? Why is the door open?" Classic, like, father move. Why is it orbit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in the ghosts. <laughs> Can't heat up the outside. Um, and then the, uh, like, the monsters are, like, crawling towards him. So he he kills one. And then the other ones, like, start, like, fleeing. Because he's like, you know, like, monsters in my home? Not going to have it. Chases them. Once again, he's super strong, super fast. And um, kills them. And then he, um, and he's in this, like, he feels like, it's like this, like, an unnatural rage that he's feeling. So, then, after, after the monsters have been slain, the, the, the like, the, the magic that Hera put on him lifted, and he realized, like, oh, like, I have just killed my, my wife, and I've killed my children, and what just happened? So, he has, he's an incredible amount of grief, and doesn't really know how to uh, proceed so he's trying to figure out what to do next and since this is ancient Greece if you have a question you go to the Oracle and why did they name a, like why is it Google called Oracle <laughs> anyway <laughs> coming the Oracle already existed <laughs> they make our POS's um, so He's, you know, inconsolable. Go, goes to the Oracle and asks, like, hey, like, how do I, um, how, how do I redeem myself? How do I get penance? And Hera, she was with the one two punch. So she took, <laughs> she influenced the Oracle to say that, Hera. to say, Heracles, you have to serve your cousin, King, or now King, Aristius. You have to serve him for 10 years. Your servant. Do whatever you want. Well, sorry. Do do nothing that you want. Do whatever he wants for, for, for ten years. Like Pippin in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as he as he was leaving, Hera's influence wore off of the Oracle, and the Oracle says, "Yo." <laughs> I had to see that. Oracle says. Oracle says, "If you complete." This ten years of service, Zeus will make you immortal. Oh God! So um, Heracles makes his way to the court of Aristius, and it's like a juxtaposition between like Heracles is, is strong and heroic; he's led armies already, um, and then Aristius is kind of a coward and he's quite weak, and um, you know that will be put on display. That. He's thrilled. Her, her, uh, sorry, Aristius is like, uh, yeah, I hate you, and you're just gonna like be my, like, be my servant for ten years, okay? And um, he says, okay, over these over these ten years, uh, you will have to complete ten labors, and you have to do them without any assistance, and you have to do them without any payment. So like, you can't like be, mm-hmm. be rewarded for any of this stuff or be helped. And um, 
the whole thing is like Hercules is 12 labors, mm. but he's just assigned 10. Mm-hmm. And Sneaky, sneaky, I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's not worth the surprise if it's going to have just like confusion yeah. <laughs> the whole way there. Um, so the first, um, the first labor is to kill a lion near the village of Nemea. It had been terrorizing the town folk, and everyone who had been sent to uh, kill the lion uh, was killed by the lion. <laughs> and so he, he trained for this. This is so, like... Hercules wouldn't know this. Even, like, this is, like, Goku-level training. He would um, he trained by carrying boulders and ripping trees out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In the movie, they make it so lame. He, like, punches one shark and beats up a dummy. <laughs> and, um, so, Hercules was trained, uh, trained in archery, but he couldn't, uh, like, by, by the centaur Chiron, but he can't, um, he can't use arrows against the lion because it's, like, it's, its fur is so thick that it's impenetrable by that. And, so he goes up to the lion's cave, and he he sees all these like corpses and like all like the weapons and the the armor that the people had been using to to try to defeat this lion of Nemea, and um, he's like, well, it didn't work for them, it's not gonna work for me. So he drops his weapons, uh, gets it to him by Athena before that battle, like Patreon. <laughs> um, so drop drops his shiny armor, shiny weapons, and goes into the cave. And starts yelling out for this lion. Um, the lion is in the cave. Oh. And um, attacks him. And they um, essentially just wrestle for like, for what sounds like hours. And he, so like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Sorry. <laughs> hey, yes. And then um, what, when like the lion is um, charging at Heracles... Um, he, he sidesteps, grabs it by the neck, and then strangles it. Oh, sorry. Strangles it, and then eventually hears a crack. Mm. Um, and then, at that point, he's, he's killed the lion. And he then takes one of the lion's claws, skins the lion with it, because he knew that weapons wouldn't work on the lion. So, but, but, the, but the lion's own claw was sharper than any weapon. So, use that. And then he started wearing um, uh, that like lions that like lions mane. So if if you ever see a, a statue and a dude has um, a lion's pelt on or is just carrying one, and he's also like super jacked, mm-hmm. put money on it that that's Hercules. <laughs> uh, so he he got rid of his armor and his weapons, and then he regained some armor, but now he needs a weapon. And what does he do to trees? Rips him out of the ground. Takes a tree, r- rips it out of the ground, and makes that into his big club. So now Her- <laughs> Her- Hercules is that like barbarian image that you see of lion's pelt and a big club. And goes back and kind of shows off to King, King Aristius like, hey, you know, you're looking for that lion? Well, I'm wearing it. What's next? Because he knows, he knows that he has nine labors left. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Um... And so the next one, he has to um, slay this uh, this creature called the Hydra, mm-hmm. and it's in a 
It's in a lake near the town of Lerna. So it's called the Lernaean Hydra. Um, Hydra, that's also why we talk, um, like where we get the word hydrant from. So anything hydra is, or hydration, that's from the Greek word hydros. Oh, because uh, oh, it's like about the water. race and like, oh, okay, got it. Exactly, yeah, it, it's, it's a water creature. So the the snake it has, well, the snake creature has, has nine heads, and one of them is immortal. So so we know that it, you, know, you can't really kill it. And then as kind of a, an extra, let's call it extra layer of difficulty, Hera knows that this task is uh, is his next one, so she puts a crab in the lake. Is like a, I don't know, not really as a side quest, but just like as a as an extra monster. So Heracles, he starts chopping um, chopping up the the hydra heads. Once again, he now has a club, so he's not like it's not like a clean chop with a sword. He's taking. Uh, a piece of wood that he ripped out of the ground and is now chopping the head off these like big snakes. Think of like Lord of the Rings when they're entering Moria and there's that big kraken thing. Mm. And then you see, I think like Boromir and Aragorn each like slice off uh, a piece of it. Her- so Heracles was doing that with a wooden club. So, Ow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's fighting the Hydra and <clears throat> then the the crab that Hera planted in the lake to kind of be an extra um, yeah an extra thing to kill Hercules comes like comes out of the water surprises the heck out of Hercules. Where's um, the lawyer? You can claim that that's another trial, and then that would be seven left. Mm-hmm. Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> and so the the crab takes him by surprise and pins him down, and he's like, "Damn, like, is this it?" And then his um, his nephew, um, Iolaus. So his twins. I allow it. All right. Sorry. His twins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't allow us. <laughs> so his um, Her- Her- Hercules's twins' son, so Hercules's nephew, mm-hmm. had, had had followed Hercules to the city of Lerna, mm-hmm. and to like you know help 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 him out however he could. Mm-hmm. So then he shoots the crab in the side. Um, and kind of like um, um, get, gets into like un, unpin Hercules for a second. Mm-hmm. Hercules is super pissed because a crab almost just killed him. <laughs> Takes his club, kills it in one smash. Wow. No. Um, and then as a uh, <clears throat> as the next thing, he <clears throat> um, he he's like cutting off heads again, and then Iolaus sees and has the idea to cauterize the the head so Hercules cuts it off and they cauterize it so it can't grow back. That's smart. And then so they, they do that with eight heads. <clears throat> and then the final immortal one, uh, Hercules, he, he he cuts off that head and just hides it under a big rock. Because he knows he can't kill it, but he can slay the monster. Yeah. By just putting it under a rock. And then as a um is like as a as a thank you for your service, Hera takes the crab you know where she puts it? Mm-mm. In the sky. Oh, cancer! <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we get the, the constellation cancer. I'm so uh, sorry to cancers out there. Hercules killed your guy. Sorry there. Sorry. But don't worry. He did it in, in one blow. And Very quick. I don't know if that helps, but <laughs> <laughs> he's still killed it with a club. 
and then Heracles takes um like takes his arrows and oh I didn't mention that but the Hydra's like super poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> mm, sidebar. <laughs> um so he, he takes his arrows and then dips them in the blood of the Hydra from the blood from the immortal head. Oh. So it is the most uh it's the most po- potent poison. He just keeps leveling up. Yes. Got that impenetrable hide. Uh, I don't know if the club's an upgrade, but it's certainly cool looking. And then, yeah, he, he now has poison-tipped arrows. Um, spoiler alert, he uses them. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> then he goes back to the king and says, Okay, I've, I've, killed, um, I've killed the Hydra. What's next? Mm-hmm. So the... Um, King Arisius did not think that Hercules would even complete one labor. Because there was like one thing that all these other people had tried to do and failed. And now that Hercules has done two of them, he's like, okay, I gotta start like... Did you hear that? His whole whole story is just like... It's just about struggle and like having... Having someone else move the goalposts on you. Because (laughs) every time he completes one of the labors, like, okay, well, how can I make this harder? How can I make this harder? But then in, in struggling and even like having the goalpost move, like that's how he's becoming, that's how he's becoming a hero, uh, to eventually reach, you know, the big goal of hey immortality, um, as the oracle told him. So, the um, the third labor is the is the Serenian hive, sorry hind, so essentially a deer, um, <laughs> but um, oh, or like a, gi- a, a, a giant stag and. It has After gold. a hydra crab and the lion, they're like, "Here's a deer. Here's a nice big stag." Well, just wait for this. So it okay. has it has <laughs> golden antlers, and I want I want, I want him as my magical beast, and, and I want to enroll in Harry Potter. I mean Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like that. That'd be great. And the thing about this uh, this serenade hind, it is. Faster than an arrow, and the the the, the goddess of the hunt Artemis, mm-hmm. she uses these animals to pull her chariot. Yeah, don't so, hurt them. So they're they're near and dear to a god. He's like, okay, I can't. I na- like nature is no match for him. Let me try to have him just like I don't know, take some stuff that's precious to the gods. And so it takes him a year. Of hunting this thing to finally um, finally okay finally see it and, and finally get a plan and he he knows he can't hit it with an arrow but still he shoots an arrow to scare it into into like a deep river and then once it's in the river it's much much slower and that's when he takes it hog ties it mm. your boy's on he's good his third task so he's walking out, and then... I want to preface... I'm so sorry if the audio is getting weird. Our radiator turned on, but we're going to power through. So As sorry. will the radiator. <laughs> so sorry. <clears throat> so... Like, talk normally. It's just, I don't, I don't know what sound it's going to make behind us. <laughs> yeah. And so he's he's carrying the the hind out of, um, out of the forest. And then, remember that person that the hind was really precious to? Mm-hmm. The goddess Artemis. Mm. So she pulls up on him, mm. bow drawn, and says, Bruh, 
you can't my like friend. yeah like you're, you're not taking that sag good job uh good job capturing it but um yeah you're not taking this out of the forest and then <clears throat> hercules um is like no like like it, like like please blame this on king aristius so then they start having a back and forth and like artemis is not being won over <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. wait but you're still just trying to like take my precious animal so then artemis's brother <clears throat> the god apollo so hey, apollo artemis and apollo they're both um children of zeus but not hera mm -hmm. so just oh, like shocker so now all three of them have in common um they're like bastard children of zeus and um hera hates all of them so apollo yeah well actually actually smooths things over um and says and you know artemis is like oh yeah like yeah that lady yeah she does kind of suck so i i, I feel you <laughs> and says well they eventually come to the agreement where he, he can take the hind <laughs> um he just has to release it once once he's brought it back and, and the labor is complete so they make a deal okay so he can take the it's dead no no, oh, no okay. it goes in the river he captured it ties it up tied it up okay ties it up he, yeah he's carrying it brings it back to king aristius who is once again flabbergasted a poopy head and then he releases the hind <laughs> it runs back to the um and it runs back to the forest Oh good. Oh, good. I was really scared that that was gonna end. And in... no, that one. That's a. Whew. That's a good one. Um, next one. Oh god. Not so much. So, King Risi says, "Okay. Good job. How about the Aramanthian boar? He has to go hunt this mythical boar. It's a. Um, it's a killer." <laughs> and it's in it's in this different forest now heracles he he, he did a lot of training under that centaur chiron mm -hmm. and the boar is in the same forest as all the centaurs mm -hmm. so um heracles goes to visit them um well he, he visits a, a centaur named folus that he's good friends with mm -hmm. and um polis is like oh like you're here let's hey, let's let's throw a party Chiron comes, um, and then a, a, like a like a, a like a, a bunch of centros from the area come as well. So Her Heracles does something that is so relatable. Um, <laughs> probably the only like relatable thing that he's he's done so far. Um, he needs a break from the party, so he steps outside. <laughs> <laughs> this is my break, right? Yeah, and so he, he's walking outside, and he sees this like big jug of wine, and he's like, "Dope." Let me, you know, let me drink some of this. So he's drinking it, not realizing that this wine is from Dionysus, like my guy. Yeah, like the god of wine, he's and he gave this like my favorite god. Whoa! Like, just in general, like, I mean, he's a wacko. I'm sure that this is gonna hurt my heart, but doesn't matter. No, he's. I love him. I think he's fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's just like a god of just. Drinking and partying, Hanging out. <laughs> and harvesting stuff. Yeah, not a not a bad rep. Theater and wine, you know, like that's what he is. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and this wine, it's like, uh, has an incredibly strong smell. 
so centaurs they're, they're known as being like crazy horses a little bit so they um a, a bunch more centaurs who weren't at the party they come i was gonna say running over but they come galloping, <laughs> galloping over, over. And they say, trotting, cantering. Yo, dude, why, why'd you, why'd you have our special wine? It was given to us generations ago by God. And Heracles is like, sorry, didn't know that. Just went out for like a little break. Dude, Heracles, his diplomatic um, not good. efforts, not so good without Apollo there to back him up. And so the center started attacking him. Oh my! Oh my! Yeah. Okay. And. Um, there's just like so many of them, and so he starts using his poison-tipped arrows. Oh no! To... Why do centaurs get the short end of the stick all the time? They're really cool creatures. Yeah, they're just uh, like they're always shown as like being like super like wild and like unpredictable and going crazy. Mm. Except in Harry Potter, that's like the most sage centaur. Well, they, but they still are like they are wild, but they are mm -hmm. misunderstood. Is really the thing. Because they're people are prejudiced against them. Yeah, and that's like the whole like thing. Beast. And it's like it's so weird. Let it go. Like they seem like I would, I would rather them on my side than not on my side. Dang, they're strong creatures. Like I don't oh, know yeah. why people are so weird to centaurs in every type of fantasy. Like I'm like let them be. Yeah, centaurs. The always seen as like um, something to be combated with something. Like, not necessarily just, hunted, but something to be fought. Yeah, like just, just maybe like I don't know, chill out, <laughs> have Bruh. a heather ale with them. <laughs> hey, shout out! And um, so he uses the poison dipped arrows. Uh, he's just like shooting the ones that, like, well, just the ones that are attacking him because he has friends there, and then accidentally shoots Chiron, oh, no. the guy who's immortal. And if you're immortal, and you get hit with um a fatal arrow you don't die you're just in agony like forever and zeus sees this and is um you know t like t takes a lot of pity on chiron so he like relinquishes him of his body and then you know where he, where he puts him in the stars in the star, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the constellation of Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Okay, I, was, I know it's one of them, but I couldn't remember which one. I read. Yeah, I was like Sagittarius. Looking at that, I was like, I would have never remember that, but that's definitely that's it. That's definitely it. Yeah. Aww. And so, um, very few centaurs survived. Um, luckily, um, Heracles' friend Pholus survived, and then Pholus is like, "Damn!" Like he like picks an arrow. He's like. Damn, like really this, this thing's strong. Yeah. Drops it on his hook. No, sir. No, sir. Bull is now dead. Um. Ugh. So yeah, and and this is all just to find a boar. He died from his hoof. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess they're poisoned. So, did yeah. he get to be put in the stars? No. But he wasn't immortal. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, only Chiron was. <laughs> Went to the checklist there. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> so then Heracles is like, damn, just like killed like a couple good friends, and then all of their like, um, yeah, like why? All of their homies. But then he. So you've lost points again. Drinking wine that wasn't yours. Mm -hmm. It's like at a party, like, 
At a bar. They have wine. Why do you need to drink the wine that's hidden in the back corner behind a tree? Why? <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. Just drink the wine that yeah, they've like, presented to you. If the wine of the party's open, drink probably it. okay. If it's not. If it's not, and it says, from the god of wine. Yeah, it has like a little gift card, Amazon gift in a little... Gift receipt. <laughs> gift receipt. <laughs> Don't touch it. So, <laughs> he then goes on for something to the boar, and... He chases it into, uh, kind of like how he chased the hind, well, scared the hind into water. He chased the boar into deep snow. Okay. And he had to bring it back alive. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, once again, he ties it up. No, no gods or goddesses, you know, stop him for a chat on the way out. And he, he brings it back to the, the palace of Aristius. And he, he's like, okay, here's your boar. Unties it, drops it, so the boy's just going freaking wild, <laughs> and Aristius jumps into this like pot next to, uh, like, well, at near his throne, and screams like, "Get it out of here!" And then um, they eventually just like shush it out of the. I don't know if you shush a boar, but <laughs> they they motivate it to uh, to get outside, and then labor four is in the books. Ooh, so, four down, six to go, is at least what he thinks. And so the fifth labor is the Aegean Stables. <clears throat> and so what Hercules has to do is, he has to travel a little bit further away because Orestes um, doesn't have any, like, really challenges left for, left for him to do. Um, so he says, okay, go to this other king, King Aegeus. And um, get it, get a get a uh, a task from him. So he goes, and the king asks him to King Argeus asks him to clean out his stables. And this the stables it's uh, it has three thousand immortal cattle in it, and it has not been cleaned for thirty years. And then Argeus he says. Um, if you do this in a day, you can keep 10% of the cattle. Dr. Pole would never. Oh, my gosh. He would let. It has been clean for 30 years. So the king had started to hear um, about Her- Heracles' reputation, and all of the townsfolk have heard of it by now. So they were super happy to see him. Uh, but still, he says, like, well... He thinks that this is impossible. This dude isn't going to be able to clean the stables. And so that's why he promises him the 10%. And the king sends his son, Phileas, to observe him. Uh, because uh, he tells... Um, this Hercules been told that he can only use his hands. So he can't use, like, tools. Like a shovel or, or anything? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that Hercules gets there. How did this become one of the worst? Labor oh, so quickly. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay, I can't just do this. Like, yeah. he can't shovel stuff with his hands in a day. And he he goes to two nearby rivers and uses his hands to dig a canal. Okay. So he um, he he's diverting these rivers. To then go through the stables 
And not only do they wash it away, but they also fertilize all the land around it. So the peasants are like, yippee-ki-yay, they're thrilled. <laughs> and so, because they've gotten the, the, their lands fertilized, they've gotten the stables clean. But then King Algeus is like, damn, like, I told him I'd give him a tenth of, um, of my immortal cattle um, Idiot. for doing this. So he says, the, the king says, oh, like, well, you, you cheated because you're supposed to use your hands, but then the river, the river gods did all the work. Like, that's not, that's not what you said. Yeah. You said use my hands. I used my hands to dig Dude, a hole or whatever. Dude's a hack. And, um, then, um, Hercules says, well, why don't we let the people decide? Like, they, they, they saw me do it. Mm-hmm. So a, a trial starts. And the king's son, Phileas, testifies on behalf of Heracles. And so the trial's wrapping up. But once again, this isn't like a law and order society. So then the king says, well, I still think you cheated, um, even if the people disagree. So not only does he banish Heracles, but he also banishes his son, Phileas. And as a... um, is a bonus thing eventually when hercules does all the labor does all the labors he goes back kills king Aegeus, mm. and installs phileas is the king oh yes so, that's just a it's just a nice moment and then we have the sixth labor so this is called the stymphalian birds <laughs> and it takes place near the, the town of Stymphalus. there's a marsh nearby and there are these birds that were created by the god the god of war Ares that have iron beaks and they just like attack anyone who comes by, and so Hercules goes there, and he go, he goes to this marsh and he actually can't find them, so so awkward, <laughs> and so he's like walking around walking around, and then he looks behind them and he sees this like um, ghostly figure like walking away and then just like disappear, and. He then heard this little rattle, and so he goes over. It turns out it was um, it was the goddess Athena. So um, she knew that she couldn't help him directly, because her else would be like, no, it doesn't count. But she left him two rattles. Um, think of them as like a um, uh, the, the, like they're bronze rattles, and you know, like flamenco dancers, how they have those like they they have yeah. things called castanets. They're essentially like those. Just like an ancient Greek version. Once he gets these rattles, he goes over to a hill. He shakes them. Um, so I'm just imagining him dancing. And then all the birds, they appear. They fly up into a flock. And then he can shoot them with his arrows. And um, he either kills or scares off all the birds. And kind of just saves the town. Because he's a homie. And gets back and he thinks he's you know he's done six out of the ten but it's actually just half of them um but yeah and these first six labors they're all things that happen in greece some are like the, like the first two are really nearby but then they get a little bit further and further away so as we like as we're gonna see throughout all the rest of the labors they just get further and further away from home so it's kind of like you know taking care of your house and then you know, go and conquer the world. And I know I've already done a lot of talking, so that is part one. Um, 
Hercules, kind of how how he how he came to be, um, why Hera hates him, and why he's doing the labors in the first place. <laughs> he's doing it to avenge, uh, you know, his wife and children, and well, to really give himself penance for killing them. Wow. And um, yeah, on part two, we're actually going to see him leave Greece um, for. Where Aris the, the, yeah, for the rest of his labors. He doesn't know that yet, but King Aristius doesn't have any more super difficult tasks for him left, so he's going to send him off to, uh, to do some other ones. Well, yeah. That'll bring me to uh, my story, which is Heavy Hitters, part two of this episode, part one for me. The Yeti Origins. <laughs> so the only similarity between our stories today is that they're just extremely well known. <laughs> mm. So um Oh yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Um all right. So <laughs> Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Abominable Snowman, and the Yowie. What do these cryptids all have in common? They are usually all described as bipedal, hairy, and ape-like mythical creatures. Mm -hmm. So Bigfoot is from North America, um, or from, is North American as a legend. Uh, Sasquatch, he just like resides here. He's from Boise. He's like from Boise, <laughs> I don't. Um, but Bigfoot is North American, Sasquatch is Canadian, Yeti is Tibetan, the abominable snowman is a mistakenly coined term for the Yeti, and mm. the Yowie is Australian. Wow, I haven't heard of the Yowie. There's not a lot on the Yowie, um, other than bipedal, hairy, ape-like, mythical creature. <laughs> there's yeah. like a few stories here and there. Um, what is it? Uh, like there, there's like. You say Native Australian. Native Australian. Yeah. Okay, I was like, how how do I term that? Mm. Um, Native Australian. Like it's a huge folklore legend um, that like natives like know very well mm. and 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 passed around. There's a lot of different names. There's a lot of different origins of the names and like, um, different like, like I guess regions or sections. It, a a big portion of it stems from Queensland. So it's like the Yowie is like the thing, but it's really not as documented and heavily documented and understood and wide widespread as the Bigfoot or Sasquatch or gotcha. the Abominable Snowman or Yeti. <laughs> so, um, so those are just kind of like, those are the names. They're all the same kind of creature. Mm. So, it's terrible I, that they were, I feel like it's, it's all corners of the earth. Yeah. And it's so similar, but yet, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's almost like the stories have come up independently of one another. Yeah. They're all like completely, almost identical in, explanation of physical appearance and types of appearances which i find mm. fascinating um because it's just like a group think almost of the whole planet of like the only things that we can think of to like prove the existence is footprints <laughs> <laughs> i'm like is that all is that all we have yeah. so but i just so i just like i like that idea of like if it doesn't exist like we've all collectively decided it does but i also like the idea that um that if it does exist, like there, there are tales and stories of this passed down 
are. So it's like, if this mm. ever is something that is ever proven, so many cultures have it, so there's probably, like, a long lineage of, like, why so many cultures have it. This is an, a species that has existed for oh, a long time mm-hmm. because it's on several continents. It spans several continents. So either way you think, it's still a cool tale. <laughs> like, whether it's a collective um, decision, an ideal, mm-hmm. <laughs> or not. But So here's my favorite word. Maybe. I have, like, a list of, like, five or six favorite words. I'm adding this to the list. Whoa. The Symphalian bird. Oh, Symphalian. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a very cool word. Um, Wow. I need to read it. This is fun. Gigantopithecus. How fun to say. Gigantopithecus. Yes. Gigantopithecus Mm -hmm. has been used in cryptozoology circles as cryptozoology is also on that list. <laughs> Gigantopithecus has been used in cryptozoology, cryptozoology circles as the identity of the Tibetan Yeti or the American Bigfoot or any other ape-like monster in local folklore. This began in 1960 with the zoologist Waldemir Zekernetsky, I think is how you say it. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so Waldemir Zekernetsky briefly described in the journal Nature a 1951 photograph of alleged Yeti tracks taken by Himalayan mountaineers Michael Ward and Eric Shipton. Zekernetsky concluded that the Yeti walked like a human and was similar to Gigantopithecus. Subsequently, and yes, I would like you to know that I said Zekernetsky, Gigantopithecus, and subsequently within 30 seconds of each other. Thank you! It's harder than finding the Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's more difficult. Um, Subsequently, the Yeti attracted short-lived scientific attention with several more authors publishing in journals uh, such as Nature and Science. But also, this also incited a popular monster hunting following for both the Yeti and the American Bigfoot, which Mm. has persisted to this day. When people think of cryptozoology, beyond thinking, what the heck is that? They're mostly thinking. They're mostly thinking of the widely known creatures: the Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, and the abominable snowman. Though many assume these beasts are mythical in nature, there is actually a body of intriguing evidence that exists for each one. The more proper name for the abominable snowman is the Yeti, whose tail originates in the Himalayas. Uh, the phrase "the abominable snowman" accidentally was accidentally coined by a Calcutta statesman newspaper columnist Henry New- Newman in 1921. Newman wrote about the sighting by Lieutenant Colonel C. K. Howard Burry, whose party saw dark forms moving about on a 20,000-foot-high snowfield on the Tibetan side of the Himalayan mountains. Howard Burry would go on to find footprints, mm-hmm. quote, three times those of normal human size unquote <laughs> the sherpas insisted that the prints were those of the meto kangmai kangmai loosely tr- means snow creature and meadow part and the meadow part should have been written as metate uh metet metet um m-e-t-t-e-h metet which translate to man-sized wild creature 
All in all, Newman's mistake, and in part with Howard Burry's mistranslation of the Sherpa's word, the Sherpa word, all lead to the coined name, the Abominable Snowman. Whoa! So lost it was in translation. Lost in translation, kind of a tale. Um, so from here on out, so I don't have to say the word abominable a thousand more times, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna call it the 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 other name for it, which is the Yeti. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> So, same thing. <laughs> bouncing between Hercules and Heracles. Heracles, Hercules, Yeti, abominable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Yeti, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, are not snow creatures at all. What? Mm-hmm. That's what I infer. <laughs> they reside, according to legend, in the steamy mountain valleys and use the snow passes on the mountains to relocate as needed. No one, of course, knows their relocation patterns or if they are migration or hibernation pat no one knows um but they just occasionally walk from time to time <laughs> they just walk around uh passes in the- they're also as you uh mentioned earlier they're also not white what no they're not white um and they're well, the not warcraft lied to me they they lied well so did rudolph the red red-nosed reindeer the claymation is um they- anyway <laughs> um they are not, they're also not single creatures. Like, they are not, like, there's not just, like, one uh, uh, yeti. There's not one Bigfoot. There's, like, it's a species. Like. Got it. You know what I mean? Um, so, most sightings of the yeti that are reported, they are huge humanoid creatures covered in thick, dark coats of fur with long arms reaching down to their knees. There are no sightings of a white-coated, like, white-furred Mm. any of these bigfoot sasquatch yeti any they're all dark fur brown Whoa. or black or red but there's there's never been a white but the reason that it was kind of misinterpreted to white is that they potentially transver- tra- tra- traversed through snow um sightings of the yeti in the 19th century um as early an early re- record of reported footprints appeared in 1899 in Lawrence Waddell's Among the Himalayans. Waddell reported his guide's description of a large ape-like creature that left the left prints, which Waddell thought were made by a bear, but Waddell heard stories of a bipedal ape-like creature, but wrote that none, however, of the many Tibetan Tibetans I have interrogated on this subject have ever given me an authentic case. One of the most superfic- uh, superficial investigations is always resolved into something that somebody heard of, heard tell of. Mm. So it wasn't he couldn't find like actual evidence. In the twentieth century, uh, the frequency of reports increased during the early twentieth century when Westerners began making determined uh, determined attempts to scale the many mountains in the area and occasionally reported seeing odd creatures or strange tracks. In 1925, N.A. Tumbazi, a, photo- a photographer and member of the Royal Geographic Society, or Geographical Society, mm-hmm. same thing as um, Percy Fawcett dude from um, Yakimama story, mm. the Royal Geographic Society. So uh-huh. I feel like there's going to be a lot of that as we explore these kind of, explore these cryptids. tales of the explorers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. Anyway writes that he saw a creature at about 15,000 feet uh, near the Zimu Glacier. Tambazi later wrote that he observed the creature from about 200 to 300 yards away uh, for about a minute. 
um, quote, unquestionably the figure is out in, the figure in outline is exactly like a human being, walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull out at some, uh, to pull at some dwarf rhododendron bushes. It shows up dark against the snow and, as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. About two hours later, Tambazi and his companions ascended the mountain and saw the creature's prints described at, described as similar in shape of those of a man, but only six to seven inches long by four inches wide. The prints were undoubtedly those of a bipedal creature. Mm. Yeah. So. Bigfoot without borders. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bigfoot is in the North American borders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sasquatch is, which could be the same creatures, mm-hmm. but we all call it something a little different. Which is why I always was confused. Like I was like, what the heck is the difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch? Nothing. It's just <laughs> the, the nation calls it something different than our nation. You know? So, anyway. Nothing like, is the difference. What's the difference between like, cheese and fries and poutine? Why are you eating them? <laughs> just, just, just enjoy. <laughs> During the autumn of 1937, John Hunt and Pasang Sherpa encountered footprints of on the approach on the approaches to to and at the Zenu Gap above the Zenu Glacier that mm. were thought to belong to a pair of Yetis. That's 1937. In June 1944, C.R. Cook, his wife Margaret, and a group of porters encountered very large biped- bipedal prints in soft mud at 14,000 feet just below oh God, the Sing- Singalila Ridge. The Singalila mm. Ridge. Some of these words I'm like, I've practiced and then I still can't say them <laughs> or I feel like I'm saying them incorrectly. <laughs> you have the That's names. Like, um, like when I wrote down like Iolaus, I was like, uh, E-Y-E dash U-H I write down my pronunciations. Us. Slow parentheses. Yeah. Gigantopithecus. I listened to that like six times and I still feel like I'm screwing them up. Anyway. Just below the Singalila Ridge. <clears throat> so sorry. Uh, these prints were strange and larger than any normal human foot, about 14 feet, heel to toe, with the great toe set back to one side and the first toe, also the large toe, and then three little toes closely bunched together. That sounds cute. I was like, oh, huge. Um, Western interest in the Yeti uh, peaked dramatically in the 1950s. While attempting to scale Mount Everest in 1951, Eric Shipton took photographs of the number uh, of a number of large prints in the snow at about 20,000 feet above sea level. The footprints had distinct two large toes and three large similar digits closer together. These photos have been subject subject to intense scrutiny and debate. Some argue that the best evidence of the Yeti's uh, some argue that they are the best evidence of Yeti's existence. However, while others contend to uh, contend that the prints are those of a mundane creature that has been distorted by the melting snow. So, mm. it's always up for debate. In 1953, Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Nor- Norgay reported seeing large footprints while scaling Mount Everest. Hillary would later discount Yeti reports are uh, as unreliable, and in his first autobiography, Tenzing would said that he believed the Yeti was a large ape, and although he had never seen it himself, his father had seen it once, uh, on, uh, his father had seen it twice. But in his second autobiography, he said that he had become much more skeptical, skeptical about the existence. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So they kind of, they're not sure. And That's I'm like, what the thought of a second that. autobiography? A it's second. Like, well, what'd you miss? <laughs> yeah, like, what didn't you say? <laughs> um, <laughs> forgive me for this name. So Slawomir mm-hmm. Rawicks claimed in his book *The Long Walk*, published in 1956, that as he and some others were crossing the Himalayas in the winter of the 1940s, their paths were blocked for hours by two bipedal animals that were doing seemingly nothing but shuffling around in the snow. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, beginning in the 19 in, beginning in 1957, the Texas oil businessman and adventurer Tom Slick led an expedition to the Nep- uh, the Nepal Himalayans to investigate Yeti reports with the anthropologist Professor Carlton S. Kuhn as one of its members. And in 1959, supposed Yeti f- uh, feces was collected by one of Slick's er, expeditions um, and fecal analysis found a parasite which could not be classified. Whoa. Pretty cool. And the 21st century... I feel like if... I love poop. <laughs> if a cat ever had a really stinky poop, <laughs> they would 100% find something that can't be identified. Yeah. Um, in early December 2000... Thank you, James. <laughs> Speak to the devil. Speak to the devil. Uh, 21st, in the 21st century, in early, de- in early December 2007, American television presenter Josh Gates, uh-huh. my guy, yeah. <laughs> my favorite person, um, and his team on Destination Truth reported finding a series of footprints in the Everest region of Nepal resembling descriptions of the Yeti. Each of the footprints measured 33 centimeters um, eh, or 13 inches. Eh, apparently. Yeah, need those inches. <laughs> I was like, that's what it says. Um, in, in length with five toes and measured a total of 25 centimeters across. Uh, casts were made of the print. Prints for further research, and the footprints were examined by Jeffrey Meldrum in, of Idaho State University, who believed them to be too, meter, morpholo- too morphologically accurate to be fake or man-made, but before changing his mind after making further investigations. Mm. This is a TV show, it's correct. <laughs> Later in 2009, in a TV show... In a TV show, Gates presented hair samples with a um, with a forensic analysis, concluding that the hair contained an unknown DNA sequence. Just like the parasite. Uh huh. Expeditions unknown. <laughs> Expeditions. Parasite. They are unknown. <laughs> <laughs> um, at a 2011 conference in Russia, per, uh, participating scientists and enthusiasts declared having 95 percent evidence. Of the Yeti's existence, however, the claims were the claim was disputed later. Um, American anthropologist and um, anatomist Jeffrey Meldrum, our boy from mm-hmm. Josh Gates, um, w- who was presented uh, present during the Russian expedition, claimed that the evidence was found. Uh, the evidence quote found was simply an attempt by local officials to drum up pu- publicity. A Yeti was reported captured in Russia in December 2011. Initially, the story claimed that the hunter reported having seen a bear-like creature trying to kill one of his sheep, but after he fired his gun, the creature ran into the forest on two legs. The story then claimed that the story then claimed (laughs) right that Border Patrol soldiers captured a hairy two-legged female creature similar to a gorilla that ate meat and vegetation. This was later revealed as a hoax or possibly a publicity stunt for charity. Thanks, Russia. 
in April 2019. It's like you're you're like it's like I'm angry until they say there's charity. I'm like, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> in, okay. a, in April of 2019, an Indian Army mountaineering expedition team claimed to have spotted mysterious yeti footprints measuring 81 by 38 centimeters or 32 by 15 inches holy moly mm-hmm, near the Maku, wow. Ma- makalu base camp back um so yeah so that is the the sightings and everything of, of the yeti and then mm. next episode I'm something about that foot size is it like 15 by 30 something inches mm-hmm yeah Holy moly, so that's... 15, where is it? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, 32 wow. by 15. That's like the size of a nightstand, actually. One of those, like, uh, public school desks. Oh my god, maybe. Oh, wow, anyway. Wow. That's the Yeti, um, all, a.k.a. the uh, abominable snowman. Um, <laughs> but next week, we will bring you uh, Hercules' next, what are they called, trials? Sure. Sure. Labors. Labors. <laughs> Hercules's next six labors and the aftermath of those. Yeah. And I will dive into the sightings, history, origin, yada yada of uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch. But I've got to pee, so. <laughs> Roll out. <laughs> <laughs>